Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to tune in for new episodes every Wednesday and Grand Prix Sunday. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast presented by Harry Eid, Sam Sage and me, Ben Hocking. We're back reviewing races the first time in 2023. The Bahrain Grand Prix is in the books and Max Verstappen starts the year the same way he ended last year with a pretty dominant victory ahead of his teammate Sergio Perez. But joined on the podium by Fernando Alonso in the Aston Martin. Great start for Red Bull. Great start for Aston Martin. And Sam, we're back reviewing races, so it's great for us too. Oh my goodness. I got that little excited tummy feeling. You know like when you're on like the top of a roller coaster and you're about to go down the big dipper on the roller coaster. That's how it felt watching the five red lights build when we started watching the Bahrain Grand Prix. It was like, here we go. The roller coaster starts. We are back. I'm so excited to be doing a race review for the first time in the season. Only a few more of these to carry on out through the year. You know, we're going to be here every single time. Um, but, you know, what a good start. And Max Verstappen and Red Bull looking ominously good, slightly scary. And Alonso being that little, little menace. Harry, you're back. You're feeling good. How's it going? Oh, man. El plan. El plan. Also, <laughs> how's the plan going, Ben? You know, in the same way that Rome wasn't built in a day... I never said Le Plan was going to work in one race. Yeah. Esteban Ocon's got this in the bag. He just needs to, <laughs> I don't know, read the rule book. But after he's done that, he'll be fine. The only thing I can think of with El Plan is it starts with the same letter as loser. Loser. El Plan is, is the goat. Le Plan is, is, is nothing, mate. You're nothing. Savage. Well, I'm glad you've used your opening monologue to to go all straight to Le Plan. I thought we'd at least take like 15 minutes until we'd get there, but it'll happen, folks. Just you wait and see. Um, <laughs> plenty to chat about today. We're going to be discussing our moment of the race, driver of the day, worst driver of the day, 
Toto Wolf making comments about Mercedes concept. Have they gone the wrong way again? Um, but we're going to start with the Alonso podium. So coming into the weekend, there was a lot of optimism that Aston Martin might well have got things right heading into the season. They were proven correct after a pretty encouraging practice and qualifying. Fernando Alonso getting third place in the Grand Prix and an injured Lance Stroll scoring strong points as well. So with Red Bull seemingly a long way in front, but the battle for seconds seemingly much closer, Sam, based on what you saw today, do Aston Martin have a chance to be the closest competitors to Red Bull? Well, testing showed us one thing. Testing shows that they have got what looks like great race pace. And lo and behold, we get to a proper race day and testing for once appears to have rung true. Red Bull up the front, Aston Martin over the race distance. They started a little, I wouldn't even say mediocre, it's probably harsh. They started gently. They eased their way into it. Mercedes looks like they actually had the upper hand. I was thinking, where's this coming from? You know, at one point, Lewis Hamilton was ganging on Carlos Sainz before Alonso was even in the picture. And then slowly... But surely, Alonso, the strategy, and Stroll, to be fair, start eking their way up the grid. Now, do I think that they are the absolute closest challengers to Red Bull? I'm not sure. I think if Leclerc were to carry on in the field and not have the failure, then there's every chance that Leclerc walks away quite comfortably with that P3, and we don't have the absolute hullabaloo that's going on across social media right now, which is, of course, celebrating Fernando Alonso on his podium, his 99th podium, his first one in, what, a decade, um, which is ridiculous. Yeah. He had one a couple of years back. Just ignore that Guitar. one that I'm talking about. Just ignore <laughs> it. Um, ding <laughs> um, Anyway, <laughs> we're all, all about the facts Apart here, from that, though. Apart from that one that I, I'm going to ignore for my own point, First one for a decade. Um, honestly, I think if Leclerc stays, then it's a slightly different story. But reliability is a key factor across the whole season. I think, Ben, when you ask the question, you use the word challenger to Red Bull. Challenger feels um, generous, feels nice. It's more like Red Bull are there, and then Aston Martin might actually be the champions of the rest of the field, which considering that they gained two seconds overall in their qualifying time from the... Uh, last time we were at Bahrain, is mega impressive. So, you know, lots to be played out, lots to happen. I think if Leclerc stays in that field, he's got every chance of beating both the Aston Martins relatively comfortably. But it was impressive stuff. And I was quite, you know, surprised at how easily Alonso cut through both Hamilton and Sainz in the latter stages. So very, very promising. I'm very excited to see what's to come. Harry, do you think Aston Martin could prove to be the the biggest challenges, whether that's actually much of a challenge or not, as Sam says, uh, is a question in its own right. But do you think they can be the closest one of that group of three with Ferrari and Mercedes? Yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because, as Sam said, it seemed to like seesaw throughout the the weekend. Um, in practice, Alonso looked pretty impressive, but, it, but you know, it, it, we were trying not to believe the hype too much. Um, and in quali, maybe they weren't quite as high up as as uh, everyone thought they were going to be. And as you know, as I mentioned, Mercedes were in the mix. Um, I know Alonso did out qualify them, but and maybe that's something in the Achilles' heel of, the, of that of that car. But they're, I think, on race pace. I think if Alonso had started, I'm not saying he beats the Red Bulls. But if Alonso started slightly further up and had a good start, or or just one of those two options, and hadn't got stuck behind the two Mercs for a bit. I'd have been really intrigued to see what the gap would have been to the Red Bulls by come the end of the race. I don't think you would have caught them, but I think it would have been much closer than it was, which was 37 seconds, I think, to, to Verstappen by the end of the race. So, um, 
yeah, I think they're in the fight with, with at the moment with Ferrari. I think Mercedes is slightly further back again on race pace, not necessarily on on one lap. Um, but they they could be they could be in the fight for second with with Ferrari based on today. As yeah, Sam mentioned as well, Leclerc going out did I'm not saying gifted him a podium, but <laughs> helped him on his way to a podium. Um, but he was quicker than Sainz, and maybe he could have caught Leclerc. Ferrari were falling off the cliff that badly with tires. Um, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. It's obviously only race one, but the the pace in that car is is evident, and it wasn't just hype from testing. It wasn't necessarily the world championship winning car. And I think Alonso was keen in every interview we've seen with him. He was very keen to sort of temper everyone's enthusiasm. Um, and, and then he's correct to do that. Cause I don't think it's quite at the level of the Red Bull, but it's a, it, it's a solid car. When that, in that first stint, when he was sort of hanging, well, we now know hanging back, but it looked like he couldn't hang on to the, the Mercedes Ferrari Red Bull. And I was like, Oh no, it's it's too much hype. It's oh, it's not it's not what we you're thought. You're smarter than that, Harry. You've seen Alonso <laughs> do stuff like this plenty of times. I know, <laughs> I know. But I was like, oh man, never mind. But then by the end, he was. Fly- I mean, considering that after that um, second round of stops, where he tried to do the overcut and it almost worked. I mean, he was not far behind Hamilton when he came out. Now, I think that suggests the pace they've got in that car. So. Yeah, interesting to see if if he'd started further up or hadn't had a bad start where they would have been. But I think, yeah, they, they could well be in that fight for for second with Ferrari. I think maybe just qualifying they need to work on their pace slightly. But it's... it's How has it happened? How has this happened? That is a great question. And if we what had is, the answer to that, then I'm sure five other teams that wish had done the same would also have the answer to that. Yeah. But we don't. I, I think for me, the, the biggest indicator of that pace was... Not necessarily the overtake on signs, but just how quickly he left him for dead. Like that, that gap was like five seconds, almost instantly. That was the most impressive thing for me. That made me go, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah." That they are they're in business this year. And trust me, as someone who has got Aston Martin fifth in constructors' predictions, I'm a bit nervous. But, oh, here we go. But I will say this: testing wise, you're right, Sam. Testing was. Spot on for the first time ever. Everything that kind of looked like would be the case in testing pretty much came true at the top. So I think expectation management is quite important when it comes to Formula One because a lot of people after practice were like, okay, well, Alonso pole, Alonso win, Aston Martin championship contenders, here we go. And of course, it didn't materialise into that. But actually, if you'd based your expectations purely on testing, it was pretty much spot on because we came out of testing and said, okay, Red Bull looked very ominously good, but the battle for second should be interesting, which is exactly what happened today. Red Bull were miles in the distance, Ferrari, Mercedes, Aston Martin, it was a good battle for second. So it seemed to be very much in line with what we saw a week ago. And honestly, I don't know if Aston Martin's car was best suited for this circuit, which could be a very encouraging sign. We saw that Aston Martin were very good in the low speed and medium speed corners. That bodes well for Imola. That bodes well for Monaco. There are some circuits coming up where Aston Martin might be even stronger than what they were here. Now, I do want to see those circuits before saying something such as Aston Martin will be the clear number two team this year because at the moment we've seen testing and one race and they happen to be exactly the same circuit. So I do want to see something else before you know a bit more 
of a sample size before saying something like they will be the second best team. But it's a really encouraging start. The kicker is going to be Lance Stroll, um, even after he's recovered from his injury. Because let's face it, if if we're talking six drivers in competition for second and you've got Hamilton, Russell, Sainz, Leclerc, Alonso and Stroll, it doesn't take a genius to work out who the weak link is in that six. So he could be, unfortunately, who lets the side down. Um, but we'll have to see how it goes. We'll have to see if they do hold a, a key advantage over over the other two teams. I agree with what you said in terms of qualifying. They probably need to up their pace on a Saturday because Sunday they seem to be very much on it. Um, but what a start and what a transformation from last year. Remember where something they were 12 that, um, months ago. Something that really rung true to me as well was in the post-race interviews, Fernando Alonso made a bit of a cheeky comment where uh, Nico Rosberg asked him about testing time and how much more testing time they've got this year over the likes of Red Bull and Ferrari. I think they get, where they finished last season, they technically get 100% of the allowed allocated testing time. Someone like Williams, for example, I think gets 115%. Whereas Red Bull at the top with their penalty and everything only gets 60% of that included testing time. So... Aston Martin need to not just perform well on track. They need to capitalise on this momentum off track. Alonso was very crafty in the way he said, we need to make the most of it this year because next year we won't have as much testing time. Which I thought, one, showed the confidence he has in that team, that they are going to maintain this form. But two, it shows that he's aware that they need to do as much as they can now while they have that advantage before it all goes back to the status quo next season and push on. They could, in theory, take a big step away from Mercedes after the comments that Toto Wolff made. They could take a big step away from Ferrari if Ferrari have got it wrong under Fred. And in theory, with Red Bull having this hindrance now, of course, of the penalty, the 6% development time, they're going to have to focus on their new car at some point. Aston Martin could be the one team that really becomes a threat out of absolutely nowhere. And Alonso knows this. He's a savvy, savvy man. They have to make sure they're taking that step forward while they have the opportunity to do so. You mentioned Ferrari within that. If you were putting together a plus minus from 2022, one of the biggest pluses would be how well their season started. This time last year, Charles Leclerc was 26 points clear of Max Verstappen. Today, he sits 25 points behind Max Verstappen, thanks to a DNF when he looked on course for P3. Harry, based on that, again, being the one plus they had last year, which apparently they don't have this year, how worrying is it for the team in red? Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, really? Yeah, look, I don't want to start hating on Ferrari this early. Um... But do you remember when they, they were the only team in Q1 that went out on medium tyres and then the cars started falling apart? That was good. It's a good start. Oh, yeah, that happened. <sighs> what are you doing on medium tyres anyway? But anyway, uh, yeah, look, their their pace, that aside, their pace um, today in the, wasn't wasn't enough. I think they were closer than they expected and perhaps we expected in qualifying. They ha- certainly had some sandbags on their car for the entirety of practice um, and, and testing potentially. But when it came down to when it came down to race pace, I mean, the Red Bulls just took off. It was only Perez getting stuck behind Leclerc at the start, really. And I think that that sort of hindered him. Had he not, I think he'd have been well away anyway, more than he was by the time Leclerc retired. And then Leclerc retires, which is bad news considering that they changed the energy store and the ECU this morning and it still broke down. Well, you get two changes per year. <laughs> they might have already used two by the time we get to race two how many races are left 
can you go 21 races on the same control electronics? That's a challenge. Yeah, look, I, I know we, we we rag on Ferrari a bit, but to be fair to them, I don't think they did anything particularly wrong. They were just slow, which it's not a lot they can do, which is bad because that's the I guess the one thing they had in their locker last year was they were at least quick, but now now they're just slow. So that's look, good. Look, both Red Bulls had a double DNF in the first race last time and look what happened to them. I'm not saying that miracles happen, but you never know. I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic for them here. The chances of them doing a Max Verstappen-esque comeback and absolutely destroying the opposition by the midpoint of the season feels unlikely, but it has happened in the past. So, you know, for you Ferrari fans, our fingers are crossed that you can come back with a challenge. Oh, Ferrari. So, um, <laughs> firstly, there were some encouraging signs. I will give it to Ferrari because... The first strategy radio we got on Sunday was to confirm to Charles Leclerc that they were still on plan A. We're we're early in the alphabet. It's a good start. They also did a double pit stop, double stack. Worked fine. Good stuff. And I will give it to them. Despite the medium tyre not really working on the Saturday, I did think overnight that, oh, they're in a bit of trouble. They're the only team that doesn't have any fresh mediums. No one ended up using them. So actually, that didn't really cost them at all so again fair play i guess (laughs) they seem to have got over their drinks of not knowing whether to use the hard tire or not the problem is this number one they dnf'd that's a big problem in its own right secondly early on in the race we saw that charles leclerc abandoned a second run in q3 in qualifying on the saturday to give him an extra set of new soft tires going into the race okay fine that's your strategy. I don't, is it right? Is it wrong? Don't know. You've gone for it. Fine. I'll let that be. Surely the only reason you put on fresh softs at the beginning of the race versus use softs around you is to go a little bit longer than everyone else. Leclerc was the first front runner of a box. <laughs> what are they doing? That's like the opposite strat. Come on, Damn. man. Um, they really make it too easy. And yeah... If you think it's like a 51-point net difference, Verstappen versus Leclerc, given Verstappen's 25 clear, but Leclerc was 26 clear by this point last year. Oh, 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 no, no, that ain't good. Uh, Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Uh, Good good luck to you, Ferrari. Um, Let's move on. Um, <laughs> we'll take a short break and our ire can go towards Mercedes rather than Ferrari right after this with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we heard pretty early on in the weekend that Mercedes, despite going with the same concept as last year that didn't work very well, um, oh yeah, might also not be working very well this year either. The pole gap to Red Bull was pretty much identical to what it was last year. Um, and Toto Wolff essentially coming out and saying that, yeah, this concept isn't going to do it for us. We might just need to, to turn back and go for something else, which in a cost cap era isn't an ideal solution. Sam, what are your thoughts on his comments and Mercedes' overall progress or lack of progress? I mean, it's like me starting the year 2022 and thinking, right, every Sunday this year for dinner, I'm going to have a roast dinner, lovely roast dinner. And for my meat option in my roast dinner, I'm going to order, oh, I'll go a bit rogue because I'm going to be different for everybody else. I'm going to have kangaroo as my, (laughs) my, my protein on my roast dinner. And you know, every single time I eat it, I kind of go, Oh, you know, it's all right. It definitely, there are better options out there. I can see other people are enjoying their meat options far more than my kangaroo. And then, you know, we get through to 2023 after I've had a whole year of not really enjoying the kangaroo. And I think, you know what though, I'm going to double down on the kangaroo and buy another year's supply of kangaroo. It'll be better this year. And I've taken my first bite of kangaroo gong, this is it. Why have I done this? This is the worst <laughs> moment of my entire career of eating roast dingers. Get rid of the kangaroo. Get me chicken like everyone else. Honestly, Toto, what are you doing, man? You've had all of testing. You've had all of your winter break. And now in qualifying, you go, ah, this hasn't worked, has it? This isn't the one for me. This is ridiculous. You are an eight-time Constructors' Championship winning team. And it's taken you up to now to go, this isn't going to be the way forward. What have the engineers gone through in the last, I don't know, 48 hours that has told you anything different or new to what you were being told for the whole season last year? It's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. You're hugely on the back foot now. Seems like Aston Martin are close to jumping you, if not have already surpassed you. You're falling down the order, and I would argue they're closer now to becoming a midfield team rather than being a front runner at this very point in time. You know, they can, in theory scrap the whole of this season and use it as one massive long testing program, a multi-million dollar testing program and come back fighting for 2024. Because we know Mercedes could probably lock down P4 in the championship without any real major threat and still make a new car work. If you want to come back fighting, that seems to be the way to do it. Scrap it immediately because you ain't going to be fighting for a championship. So don't bother. You may as well start looking at a new program. Total Wolf even said I could fire myself. That's how severe it must be inside that Mercedes garage with the mistake that's been made. It's a shocker. Get rid of the kangaroo. There you go. They're a pest. Right. Good stuff. Uh, Very deep into the analogy bank. I love that. Um, Harry, what are your thoughts on Mercedes? Fifth and seventh today. Do you think there were some false horizons? I don't know if that's the right phrase. um, Late last year that has caused them to stick to this concept. 
what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, th- to be fair, but I think it was a fair, it was a fair comment because towards the end of last year, although Abu Dhabi still was a bit garbage, wasn't it? But I guess Brazil, um, things were looking good. They obviously won a race for, uh, finally last year. Um, but if, I don't know, it's quite a gamble for Toto to take or for the team to take, I guess, but it lands with Toto in the end. Um, quite a gamble to to stick with this concept. And he said last year, yeah, we're going to stick with it. And they must have seen, they must have seen something with the numbers. They're not just, unlike me, they're not just doing this based on vibes. Um, but, uh, the, the, yeah, so they must have seen something, but, but, it, but it was clear last year it wasn't great. Um, what made them think they could change it to make it better this year? I, I, I don't know. And I don't think it's just a no side pods thing. Um, but there's, there's something there that just doesn't work. doesn't work with that concept. And I, I'm really surprised that they've, they've, they've carried on with it. Considering you look at all the other teams and the direction they've gone, especially with side pods, they've all gone, even Williams and McLaren, who have sort of had more, le- you know, less side pods when they first started, they've all gone the other way to the Red Bull versions. Um, so why have Mercedes decided to to stick with this? It's a it's a questionable decision. And on the the grid walk, you know, Martin Brundle was asking about wanting to re-sign Hamilton, and you know, would he re- re-sign and Toto saying, yeah, we've got to give him a competitive car. Um, but we both have the mentality of that. I was like, well, is that enough for Lewis Hamilton to re-sign? I don't know. I, I, at the moment, wouldn't be looking that encouraging, but who knows what they consider. And I'm sure Mercedes will will claw it back, but it but we they're in for it, they could be in for another year of clawing the gap back, which is the exact same position they were in this time last year. It's and, a question of whether that's a good thing. Well, exactly. They should have you do you think they'd come out the blocks? Um, fighting so I mean the gap in qualifying in the end was what they they shaved off a couple of hundreds off the gap they had last year and also congratulations guys well in guys that's worth a hundred and forty we move um, but arguably I think their race pace was worse here than it was this time last year I know they they kind of lucked out with the two Red Bulls falling out of the race but I think they were more in the fight this time last year than they were this year which considering the year they had last year it's not looking. It's not looking good. Hamilton but, was a minute behind. Yeah, he was. I mean, he couldn't get past signs. I thought he was going to fly past signs because signs was slower than a slow thing at the end of that race. But he couldn't get past him. I was like, oh, that's not a good sign. Anyway, do you do you know what the the worst sign of all was on this? Mercedes essentially had four competitors out there today. A man with no wrists. A 40-year-old who racing for a team for the first time, a DNF, and Carlos Sainz, who Harry just said was slower than a slow thing. Those were your four competitors, and you didn't beat many of them. So that's (laughs) not very encouraging for the year ahead. They had those four drivers as their main competitors, and they came away with P5 and P7. that, That ain't great. Um, I, I'm a bit worried for Mercedes. And I do think that they were hampered by the progress that they made last year because you can't convince me that if they had a repeat of the first half of the season in the second half of the season, they would have changed concept. They would have gone a different direction. I'm almost certain of that. But they had some encouraging results at the end of the last last year. 
Brazil was good. They had a few others where, you know, Netherlands and Hungary, where they started to compete for higher end podiums. But I think all that led to was staying with the same concept that is fundamentally wrong. And they've, you know, we said actually in our under pressure segment in the preview of this, where Sam went for Mercedes, I went for Toto Wolf. And I think we both said that you'll be able to tell pretty early on whether they've got it right or they've got it wrong. Well, they've got it wrong. And it's going to be a it's going to be another long season for them, I think. It's going to be really difficult for them. Again, it's only one race, so we want to see how they look at other circuits, but it doesn't look as if they've made much progress or indeed any progress at all. Um, you know, and we know the, the lineup's great. We know Hamilton's great. We know we know Russell's great. So the questions aren't going to be asked there. It's just fundamentally with the car. Uh, and p- potentially the biggest um, indicator that they've got this wrong is the performance of Aston Martin. Because last year, it was Red Bull and Ferrari very clear at the top. But obviously, both of those cars, fundamentally different to the Mercedes. Parts-wise, there's nothing connecting them. I can't remember if it was Toto Wolf or it was someone else that said this this weekend, but Aston Martin is fundamentally like 40% of a Mercedes. Like, concept-wise, in terms of it's the same engine, there's some other parts that are the same, they share a lot of reasons, you know, they share a lot. So if you've got a, a team that's made up seconds on last year with a fundamentally different concept to you, and it shares a lot of the parts that you have, surely the concept's wrong. Otherwise, Aston Martin aren't making the progress that they have. I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I reckon by Australia, we'll almost see a different car. I reckon, yeah. I reckon they'll have to keep things the same for Saudi Arabia. In the budget the time constraints. I reckon so. I reckon they'll start to do it immediately. And they need to give Lewis and, and especially George, right? Other teams will look at George. If people start to get old a little bit as teammates and go, he could be a sensational talent. You never know. You look at someone like Aston Martin, if they keep stepping up, and Alonso eventually will have to retire, unfortunately for all of us. Nah, why no, would no. you not give George nah. Russell? <laughs> why would you not give George Russell a go? Why would Perez not get replaced by George Russell in a few years' time? You know, there are options that other these guys can look at. They're good enough to look at. You have to hold on to your assets. They need to make changes sooner rather than later, or they will fall backwards. Let's have a look at driver of the day. First driver of the days for 2023. Harry, who have you got? Tough Go one on. here. Go on. All right, fine. I'll give it to Fernando Alonso. Look, I don't want to. Uh, Max Verstappen was so good. We didn't see him for the majority of the race. Like he just wasn't there on TV. And then they cut to him on the last lap, and it was like, oh, hello, Max. How's it going, son? Um, but just for the sheer nostalgia factor, I'll give it to. I'll give it to Fernando Alonso because he was. He so. We've said it before. I know uh, we mentioned this with Kevin Magnussen being box office and maybe less so these days, but he, Alonso is just box office. None, Nothing he did was like boring. Every overtake, it looks like it was going to have a crash. It just didn't overtake someone simply. Then there's always a good radio message to go with it. Um, but yeah, it, it, was a, it was so good to see Alonso in a car that's actually like competitive. Um, he's had a few instances in the Alpine, I guess over the past couple of years where he's been in the mix, but not, not necessarily on performance, but this was genuinely a car that was working for him. Um, and it was yeah a pleasure to watch. So I'll go with Alonso, but I don't want anyone to come after me because I totally appreciate that Max Verstappen was 
he was quite good in the F1 today, wasn't he? Again. Yeah, he was all right, wasn't he? He was all right, yeah. To your point about him being box office, would that have been a bad race if Alonso wasn't in it? Yes, I think it would I think it would have been average at best. He spiced yeah. it up a lot towards the end. Uh yeah. cheers, Fernando. Yeah. Sincerely Thank you, Alonso. Alonso. For your driving and for your content. Driver <laughs> of the day from you, Sam. Uh, I'm getting on very up so we don't all go for the same thing because if Harry hadn't, I would have probably picked Fernando Alonso. I do just want to say that man's will-to-will combat in <laughs> racing, is, he never stops driving on the absolute ragged edge, does he? Every, every, you know, if you watch all the way through Alonso's career, that man is literally like gripping the scruff of the neck of anything he's underneath. And it was phenomenal to watch, so entertaining. But I will go in a different direction uh, for variation. Uh, I'm actually not also going to go for the number one man who... This is how good Max Verstappen is now. He wins a race over his teammate by, what, 12 seconds and beats the next closest car by 37 seconds. And I look at that and just go, well, that's just Max Verstappen. That's just what he does every single time. Um, so, I, you know, I'm going to save that for another time when he does something even more incredible. I actually go Pierre Gasly. The man went from the back of the grid to P9 uh, while his teammate and the rest of the team clearly need to be bought a stopwatch and a measuring tape for their Christmas presents because they don't know where the track limits are Le or plan. where to bloody, you know, this ice. It's Le Plan is clearly translates to hilarious morons. Um, Pierre Gasly, on the other hand, <laughs> absolutely ran riot on that Alpine team and he did a great job clawing through a lot of cars that are very, very equally paced, including the Williams all of a sudden. Anyway, um, yeah, so for me, it's, it's Gasly gets thrown the day. It was a great turn of events for his first driving Alpine. Sam, Sam reminded me, I had another shout out and it was Alex Albon. What are you doing up there? You're going to get nosebleed, son. What are you doing? Love that. <laughs> Man, is so good. And I was going to give a shout out to his teammate because yeah. that was a pretty good debut drive from Logo and Serge and I was impressed right by with him. Right with him. And also Valtteri Bottas. I want to give him a shout out as well. Solid oh, race. Oh, before we go into your thing, Bottas in that first skink just randomly appears in sixth exactly. place. And I'm like, that undercut sure. Valtteri was just, <laughs> where did you come from, mate? It was, you know, Hamilton, Alonso, Russell. Who's going to get there? Wait, how is Valtteri ahead of all of them? Where did that come from? Brilliant stuff from the bodies. Yeah, love that. <laughs> um, but my driver of the day, yeah, Max Verstappen, he was quite good, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the fact that he won by 11 seconds or whatever it ended up being. It was the fact that he had that 11-second gap about five laps in and then just didn't bother extending it anymore. If he'd like had to work to get that up to 11 seconds all throughout the race, that's one thing. It felt like he could have won it by 30 if he wanted to. I, I could be wrong on that, but it, it felt like he could have won it by way more just based on how quickly he actually managed to make up that gap and then not really extend it anymore. He was the only chance to get Max Verstappen today was turn one. That was it. There wasn't, there was never another opening. So I'll go with Max Verstappen. I absolutely loved hearing Max go. Oh, I've got a real issue. My, my back wheels when they break, it caused me to lock up and I'm losing the diff. And then cut to one lap later, the gap is extended by another second. Like the man is driving around with serious problems with the car that most people will go, you're, you're making me nervous. Max is there like, just go chucking another second onto the lead. Don't worry about it, lads. I had to... Don't you worry. I, I imagined actually when he said that, I imagined a cut to the McLaren garage where they, like Andrea Stella and Zach Brown just stared at each other like, yeah. We have those issues. <laughs> Help us, please. Oh, more on McLaren a little bit later on. So, um, well, we don't have a unanimous driver of the day, so I guess Alonso, Gasly and Max Verstappen will win. 
The verdict is in. You're the driver of the day. You're the driver of the day. You're good at driving. <laughs> and the worst driver of the day. Here we go, Harry. <laughs> um, I mean, it wasn't all his fault, but mainly Esteban Ockel, mate. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what, what are you playing at, son? Um, parking the right grid. I mean, he was in the right grid spot, but do it properly. Firstly, I that's get not that part the five. Yeah, well, that's not part of the plan. I don't think any of that was part of the plan. Do um, the job properly. <laughs> um, the second bit, yeah, it wasn't really his fault. They'd started working on the car too early, but then he sped in the pit lane. Uh, so yeah, good stuff all round. Just, just. Not, and then he said that weird radio message about I've I've yes. done all of this in testing every, all, all my years. I'm like, done what? What have you You're, been spending yeah. the pain? <laughs> exactly. Thank you for bringing it up. It was driving me mad. I've stuck my neck out for you, Esteban. <laughs> <laughs> it's better be Le Plan. Worst driver of the day review, Sam. No, you, Harry's exactly right. And I, I like to give it variety, but I'm going to have to go Ocon. What do you mean you've done it all your career? Well, you, you haven't. You haven't jumped the start. You haven't sped in the pit lane. The team haven't worked on the car and they shouldn't. You, sir, this race were a moron. You're the worst driver of the day by a long shot. And there were some bad performances. You even had front wing damage at one point. So you've crashed the car as well at some point. Honestly, when your teammate is that far behind you at the start and then by the end of the race you've completely swapped grid positions you deserve an absolute dunking on uh, by the late breaking podcast you are the worst driver of the day by a long shot the only positive is that fortunately Otmar Safnauer actually bought the late breaking abacus over the winter so he could add up the number of seconds that Ocon had in terms of penalties <laughs> you've got a uh, 15 seconds worth of penalties Esteban um I am going to add a bit of variety because what these two don't know is that was all part of the plan. So they'll look very silly in a few races time. But I, I will go Carlos Sainz. I was really disappointed by him. I, I really thought that based on the end of last year, he'd actually made a few strides with the car. Even before Leclerc's retirement, he wasn't really there. Pace-wise, he seemed to really struggle. Um, so I'll go with him. But I think it's a very valid shout. And um, I said in... The Discord actually, I said that Perez and, and Sainz, they already need to step it up. The gaps are too big to their teammates, and they seem like they're they're floundering. So I think it's a very good show. At I least in the if, case of if, Perez, like you got yeah. the max of second yeah, points. At least he got second place. So the unanimous selection is Esteban Ocon. Get in the bin, 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 bin. Worst driver of the day. Worst driver of the day. You suck at driving. Oh, live, laugh, Latifi. You always get <laughs> And lastly, for our award section here, a new award for 2023, the late-breaking Big Brain Award. <laughs> Harry, what was your big brain moment of the race? Um... I mean, I don't want to pick on the guy, but probably Esteban Ocon again, wasn't it? <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, just don't make your day worse, mate. Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, have, have we actually explained what the big, the concept of the big? Oh yeah, we should probably is? do that. Um, it's just the 
we say big brain in reality it's just whatever the worst strategic call was if you're just being an idiot basically yeah what sam said yeah just being being stupid um i mean ben's already mentioned the ferrari one which is pretty good shout when you go for your soup your nice fresh soft and then you pit first that's not the greatest call um but yeah i'll make this a an ocon ocon fest and say parking in your grid spot wrong and then spinning the pit lane whilst you're doing your penalty it's bad bad strategy it's not not how you win a race it's not (laughs) write that one down (laughs) forget the book Uh, this whole um segment essentially came about as a result of Ferrari last year. So it would be rude of me not to pick on something Ferrari to kick off the illustrious history of this award. So I am going to go with a different moment to the one that I've already mentioned, which was Carlos Sainz um, and Team Radio. He came under threat from Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton, uh, sorry, came under threat from Fernando Alonso. Quickly closing in, quickly closing in. Uh, And over Team Radio, what do the Ferrari strategists say? Protect your position. Jeez, I hadn't thought about that one. God, good shout. Uh, yeah, Genius. I might do that. Uh, state the obvious, why don't you? Sam, yours? Uh, I'm going go a little bit rogue. Um, and I'm actually going to pick on Georgie Russ, uh, the Russ man for Big Brain Award. Because, at the st- you know, at the start of the race, Hamilton was quite clearly tyre managing and Russell complained over radio and he went... Is Lewis just really slow or is he managing? And Russell's engineer came back and struggling, he's struggling. And then literally about three corners later, Hamilton had doubled the gap and we get a replay showing George Russell literally falling off of the track and struggling. And then he got passed by Lance Stroll. So, you know, for me, not the best way to broadcast over the radio that, you know, things aren't going well by moaning at the person that they went on to beat you quite comfortably throughout the race. Well, well done to George Russell, Esteban Ocon and Ferrari. Big brain <laughs> award winners, first time out in Bahrain. Oh, hang on, I've got a jingle for this one as well. Sorry, yeah, come on, Ben. Um, Play the jingle. There we go. <laughs> Ah, uh, Bob, we're going to need you to box for wets. What? It's, a, it's not even raining out. What are you talking about? Yeah, and Bob, if you get a chance, let your teammate pass you. What? He crashed out. He's not even in the race. <laughs> Boy, he makes such a slapping beat, doesn't he? <laughs> Man of many talents. We're going to take a short break. We'll be discussing McLaren on the other side. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one, with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. So, McLaren leave Bahrain with exactly zero points. Um, One car made the checkered flag, sort of, albeit a lap behind, after having to pit multiple times. Uh, Oscar Piastri on his race debut, not getting to the end thanks to electronic issues. 
Harry, it's fair to say that McLaren might not have had the ideal start to the season. Are they in big, big trouble? <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo is sat on his pile of 18 million, <laughs> just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's not ideal, I think, as Sam would probably say uh, on that one for McLaren. Um, not only is the car... I mean, it wasn't as slow as I think we first feared. Um, I mean, Piastri was out in Q1, I guess, but Nor- Norris almost got it into Q3. Uh, but but it's not not that fast. It's probably about where they were last year. And it's also unreliable. Two things that aren't good for your F1 car. Have that one for free. Um, <laughs> so... Forget the book. Yeah, look. We said they just don't like doing Bahrain, and maybe that's the thing. Next race, they might be back back with it again. Who knows? But um, it was not a great start uh, for them. Obviously, Piastri didn't make it to the end of the race with an issue, electrical issue. Um, and Norris with his... Was that pneumatic pressure issue? Yeah, Norris with his pneumatic pressure issue, which I enjoyed because they were just being little menaces by kept sending him out. And then they were like, fight Ocon. He's got like 53 seconds worth of penalties. And Ocon's like, just leave me alone. I'm having a really bad day. Lando's <laughs> <laughs> like, let me go home. Yeah. And then like he's behind the Hamilton Alonso fight. And he's, he's just being a menace there. And then they have to pay him again. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was not a great day in the, in the office for, for the papaya boys and girls. Um, well, I mean, where do they, they're like Mercedes. Where, where do they go from here? Because they're, they're almost in the same position they were last year. Um, and especially for McLaren, I guess, when they're looking at the midfield battle and the, and the green machine has come zipping past them uh, and straight onto the podium. That's, that's got to be painful. It's got to be painful. And I guess Otmar is laughing slightly at Piastri, but also not laughing that much kind of half and half laugh half cry <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah I, this was uh this wasn't good and it's going to be a long road to Baku when the big upgrade is set to come in for McLaren and if that doesn't work yeah that it's going to be a tough season for you um they're just going backwards right two years ago they were competing with Ferrari as the third best team and it was pretty much a dead heat and don't want to <laughs> don't want to rail on Ricardo too hard given that he's not in F1 anymore but also that battle for third might well have gone McLaren's way if Ricardo was a bit closer to Norris and they went back a little bit last season and they seem to have gone back even more this season and you're right Harry that they weren't very good at Bahrain last year so maybe this is just a one-off but uh, I don't know they they were very un- underprepared going into Bahrain last year they shouldn't have been this year there was no reason to be and it just doesn't look like they've got it. Lando Norris effectively towed that car to 11th place on Saturday. I'm pretty sure he ran the track with the car dragging it behind him. I don't think that was going under its own power, put it that way. How we managed to get that 11th based on what we saw in the actual race, it's almost a minor miracle. Um, and Oscar Piastri, yeah, he's got to be delighted with this decision. That's going very well. Um, we'll see how it goes because we... As we mentioned, I think in the preview, that a few races after their disaster at Bahrain last year, they got a podium at Imola. Maybe the same thing happens here, but I think it's going to be all based on that upgrade that's set to come in uh, in Baku. If it works, maybe they're back in the fight. But even if they are back in the fight, what's it a fight for? Fifth? Still no improvement on where they were last year. Your thoughts on McLaren, Sam? 
You know that um, that gif, that moment in Parks and Recreations where I think it's Ron walks out with the computer in his hand <laughs> straight in so the beach. You know, that's what I imagine Zach Brown is doing after this race. I reckon he's ripped the computer off the wall in the little uh, team garage and he's just thrown it straight into the computer. The difference is I imagine he's then sprayed it with gasoline and set it on fire and hopes it will never come back to haunt him. Um, if McLaren don't get improvements and don't get improvements fast, I actually think a lot of eyes turn to Zach Brown and I don't think they turn to him in a positive manner i think he's going to start having some stakeholder eyes looking at him with a lot of scrutiny that car with the amount of money investment sponsorship and opportunity that's got the amount of money they've spent on driver replacement cannot be sat finishing in what 18th and dnf'd it is an abhorrent result to have especially considering that as you have both said this time last year, they were in exactly the same spot, having an absolute nightmare happen to them again. Um, I think they hope that it turns around and turns around fast, but there clearly needs to be a series of philosophy changes that go on within that unit. Because, again, what's the point? McLaren are one of the biggest names in motorsport. They bring in so much money, and yet they're going to be fighting maybe Williams at the end of this season for what looks like sixth in the constructors, it's not good enough with the amount of money they spend and the amount of money they have. It simply isn't good enough. I'd be very worried if I was Stella and I'd be very worried if I was Zach Brown. You know, they should probably consider being better at Bahrain, given that where all their <laughs> money comes from. Just just an it's idea. A good, it's a good shout. Yeah, it's a good, good shout. shout. Uh, see if they take it on board. Oh, I don't want to do this segment. Oh. What, what is it, Ben? What's the segment? Uh, reviewing bold predictions. So ah, we introduced... I, I actually um, need to go for like five minutes and then I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> you can I'm both go, go if you want. I'm, I'm going with you, yeah. Um, <laughs> bold predictions. We actually introduced a, uh, a new forfeit element to bold predictions this year. So whoever gets the least number of bold predictions correct this year will have to forfeit their Twitter account for a day to the other two people, which if you know the three of us is a very dangerous game to play, but that's the forfeit. So um, let's review, if we have to, how we got on this weekend. So I'll kick off with myself. I said that two of the four rookies taking part would score points. It got off to a bad start when it was confirmed that Lance Stroll could race. So already my two out of four became two out of three. So Drogovic didn't make the start. Um, it also wasn't great when Piastri retired pretty early on, leaving me with two rookies left in the field and both of them needing to score points. Given I thought Logan Sargent, I had the least confidence in to score points this weekend. He actually ended up the highest placed rookie um, of the entire race, um, but he didn't score any points. So rather than get two out of four, uh, I got none out of four, and I was very, very wrong. Harry, you found a new way to be wrong this week. Good, good, good. I didn't go for what was my original one because Sam already said it. Sorry. Uh, and so I went for Nico Hulkenberg. Uh, sorry, I said a Haas would be in the top five, um, as they were last year. Would be fifth, sorry, as they were last year. Um, right after Q1. Like yeah. good. I mean, Hulkenberg, if he hadn't had a lap delete, he could have been ninth, I guess, in quali. And then I was like, you know, could it could happen. Um, and then they just forgot how to do F1 after that. So, cheers, ass. Thanks for coming. Um, mm. And I could have had a right one. No, it's not great. I mean, Hass are usually only good at the first two races, so that's one of you has already taken up. Well done. Good stuff. So if you've got your abacuses out, everyone, um, zero plus zero equals zero, right, so far. But that is set to change because we now go to Sam's bold yeah, prediction. 
Uh, yeah, I, and I actually feel really bad about this because, as Harry said, he was also going to make it his. It just so happens that they went to me first on choosing a bold prediction. So Ben's I do fault. feel a little bit, little bit guilty. Yeah, Everyone blame Ben for this. A hashtag blame Ben. Um, but I did say that Fernando Alonso would pick up a podium. And you know what? For a lot of the race, it wasn't looking too likely. And then all of a sudden, kindly, Lewis Hamilton and Carlos Sainz moved out the way and Charles Leclerc retired, meaning that Fernando Alonso, the absolute goat that he is, picked up a podium and I get to have one point on the bold predictions scoreline, meaning that currently my Twitter account is safe, which is good because I can't remember the password right now to let these two in anyway. I've got a season to pick up. <laughs> it's a very fair out. point. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I mean, the the worst part of all of this is that Sam, Sam is, a, is really smug because he got literally every single thing right he predicted. He got his poll one, two, three right as well. So it's been a good week for me. It's good stuff. So when we give out our predictions for Jeddah, make sure to listen to Mr. Sage because he's on a roll. Don't no, don't say I'm on a roll. It'll never be right ever again. This is my one <laughs> moment. Oh man. Uh, we'll take our final short break of today's episode uh, and we'll be back on the other side. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we get going on our final segment just a, a shout but we do have patreon if you would consider subscribing we've got a number of different tiers and we've got revamped benefits for march onwards so you now get two exclusive bonus episodes every single month if you can do the maths it's 24 episodes a year and given we usually yammer on for about an hour it's a lot of time you've got a day's worth of late breaking if you want it uh, available at your fingertips. If you just go to Patreon, the link will be in the description. Number of different tiers. And if you've got any questions, just ask us. Happy to answer. We're recording the first one soon, aren't we? We are. Very soon indeed for March. Uh, a quick shout just for, for Lance Stroll and the incident that he had with Fernando Alonso uh, on lap one. No investigation necessary was the uh, steward's decision. Sam, did you agree with that? I mean, they've done a classic, it's lap one and everyone's okay and we're still racing. <laughs> they've once again based it on the aftermath of the accident. But Lance, mate, you, you do have to apply the brake. I know your toe hurts and I know your wrists don't exist anymore, but you do have to slow down and negotiate the corners. The worst bit was he did all right for the rest of the race. It wasn't brilliant. It wasn't, you know mind-blowing, but he was okay. Beat George Russell, you know, so he was all right. But that, 
was a bit worrying. And when we saw Lance driving around in practice and parts of qualifying, having to take his hands off the wheel, having to steer with one hand, and you're driving at 200 miles an hour, the safety risk that's there is just absolutely appalling. At any point, his risk could have failed on him because he doesn't know the limitations of the surgery he's had or the pain that he might be in. So the fact that that could cause a crash for himself, it could have hit a steward, it could have hit another driver. Honestly, the safety element needs to step, step in there. And I think the FIA probably should have said, no, you're not allowed to race. You're going to have to come back in Jeddah at the earliest. Because whilst, yeah, he had a good race and he scored points, that first lap incident with Alonso could have been a sign to come for many other problems. It was a bit worrying. So I was not pleased at all that he was allowed in that car at the start of the race. This this is going to sound quite on the nose, but I, I do think it. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to come out and say this. Lance Stroll should not have raced this weekend. And... Um, particularly at, at Bahrain, and it's most vivid here. If he's involved in that lap one incident that Roman Grosjean was involved in, he's probably dead. Like he he could not get out of his car unaided on on the Saturday, uh, on the Friday. Sorry. Um, and if that's the case, you know, already with the halos, it's it's difficult to get out of the car anyway. If if you can't do that without the struggle that he had, I don't think you should be racing. I'm sure many people will say. He was in the points. His pace was pretty good. He improved throughout the weekend. Yes, my opinion and my opinion only, he shouldn't have been in that car. Um, it- I think the Grosjean thing is a very fair point to bring up, Ben. I actually haven't thought about that at all. You know, the car flips, fire, you're right. How does he get out of there alive? That is a scary thought. Yeah, it's the things you've got to think about. Um, in terms of the incident itself, um, I mean, he did use his brakes. He just used a very interpretive um, meaning of the word brakes. He just used a different car. I mean, it was the same <laughs> coloured car, to be fair. So there is that. Um, look, I, that should have been that should have been a penalty, I think. And again, I'm with you, Sam, 100%. That it shouldn't just be based on the aftermath of the incident. It should be based on the action of the driver, which was a shove up the inside that didn't come off, and he managed to hit a car. And how Alonso managed to escape without any damage, I don't know. But if he didn't escape with damage, he would have got a penalty, I think. So. I think you need to apply it nonetheless. Um, I will say this to Aston Martin. Why didn't they just say it was Lance Stroll? Like, he's going to find out. Like, yeah, it's so funny. Anger, anger fuels <laughs> alongside. That's why. It's like, oh, are they under investigation? Um, no, no, they're not under investigation, Fernando. It's like... Don't they, think so. He will get out of the car. He has access to the internet. He will find out. I <laughs> <laughs> played it to him the moment he got out of the car. So he's which, already seen it. I mean, sure. I mean, that's some good poker face from him. Just sat in the cool room watching it going, okay, good. First stuff. thing in his interview, I'd like to congratulate my teammate, Lance Stroll, for doing a brilliant job. Sits down. Oh, ah, okay. it was Lance that nearly destroyed me on the fourth corner of the race. Seriously, if it was me over team radio, I would have said it was Lance that hit you. He's not under investigation. We're not going to push this any further because it's going to hurt the team if he is penalised. Fernando Alonso, he might be quite uh, an individual in the car, but sure, he wants the team to win. He wants the best for the team. He would. Un- I, I really think he would understand that. And he, he would, okay, yeah, it's best for the team that we don't pursue this any further. I don't understand why they didn't just go with the honest approach there. But maybe that's why I'm not a strategist. Harry, what's your thoughts on Lance Stroll this weekend? Um, yeah, use your brakes, Lance. I mean, that's that's a good... That's a good... That's another good one to take to the... Uh, back in the yeah. book. 
absolute zingers today. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I he, an impressive effort considering what we believe to be <laughs> believed to be his condition with his wrists and his his broken toe. Um, but you're right on the could he get out of the car? I think that's the biggest issue here. I don't think it's about driving the car. He can do that. And drivers have often done that and fought through the pain. They love their job too much not to do it. Um, But it is that element of what if he got in a crowd? I mean, we saw, I was wincing watching the replay of him when he almost took out Alonso because he has to like wrestle the car and you're thinking, it's poor wrist, man. He's got pins in them. Um, So... Yeah, I I get why they wanted to put him in, given their the performance that they had. Um, but yeah, maybe they could have given him a, a, a race to rest. Um, you do if a driver has COVID, so why not if they've got wrists that are broken? I don't know. It's a, it's an odd one. So um, I think actually his his performance was actually fairly impressive, given what it where what state he was in. But but whether he should have been there, I don't think so. Um, and don't take out your teammate. Good rule. So many great lines. You're full. Yeah, you're full of it today. I'm on fire. Don't you worry, guys. I mean, if it weren't for Sam saying "get rid of the kangaroo," that'd absolutely be the phrase of the podcast so far. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, moment of the race. Um, we'll give each of ours, and we've got a few Discord submissions that we'll play as well. So, if you want to get involved in our moment of the race Discord submissions, we'll do them as part of all the review episodes that we do this year, make sure you get in the Discord. The link will be in the description. Um, There is a specific submissions channel. We'll remind you on the day of the race. And we record pretty much straight after the Grand Prix, so you do need to be quick. We'll start with ourselves, though. Harry, moment of the race. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Um, Yeah, I mean, just, just, I've already mentioned it, but Alonso, for me moment of the race I think his radio messages were amazing yes bye bye is quote of the year already um, but I, to be more specific for moment of the race I, I've got a the battle with Hamilton but specifically the move on Hamilton was proper naughty 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 <laughs> um, getting that Ferrari side pog for a bath mate because yeah, I'm dirty it was absolute th- who overtakes a turn 10 I mean, yeah, but that, but that entire battle was, was just a joy to watch. Um, cause that first move you thought he had it done, but then he got a swapper on and Hamilton had him back. And it was just, I want more of that this year. Um, I think that would be great to watch for an entire year. Uh, but yeah, I'll go for the, the move on Hamilton cause it was filth. Moment of the race for you, Sam. Well, I'll, that, yeah, that was mine. And I can't really think of one that I think stands out as well. So I'm actually going to agree. It was that good. And I was that shocked at it when it happened that I thought, blinking hell, Fernando. You know, Lord Farquhar's turned up and he's, <laughs> he's taken oh full control. You know, pick number three, my lord. Um, <laughs> honestly, he's so good. He's a right little menace. And it's so nice to see him back on the podium. I know this isn't maybe about the Fernando show at the moment, but he deserves the praise. Um, and that, I'm not going to go anywhere else. That was my moment of the race. It was an immense battle. And the pass at turn 10 against a seven-time world champion and a man that's won over 100 Grand Prix was absolutely filthy. You just don't, you know, how dare you, Fernando? How, how simply dare you? The audacity of it. Can I just say oh. as well, the radio message where he was obviously, you know, 
he was sort of just stroking at home. But he said, I'm at level seven. And I'm like, how many levels of, of driving does this man have? have levels. <laughs> of course it's Alonso. But what, like, what are the levels? Because this, if seven is cruising it, there must be six other ones before. One is scary. I don't want to think about what one. What is asleep when it's driving at one? <laughs> I like to think that he actually does the levels based on his opponents. Like, um, I, I'm at a George Russell right now. Oh, a level eight. Yeah, level eight, yeah. <laughs> I'll go to a Max Verstappen if I need to. A level 10, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my moment of the race goes to, uh, to be fair, it probably was going to be the move from Alonso on Hamilton. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda, he pulled off a double overtake quite late on, didn't he? That was, that was yeah, that nice, was wasn't it? Um, yeah, proving that. the point that he can only race at the first and last race of the season. Um, <laughs> Back but he gets 20 points, so. <laughs> Never mind. Um, I oh. thought that was pretty neat. Should we listen to some other moment of the races, see if people agree with us or not? Um, Go on, then. Well, given we haven't heard from her in a while, should we let Skylar have the floor for a couple of minutes? One <laughs> pace. Alonso saying this car is lovely. Yep, cheers, Skylar. <laughs> She's not wrong. Uh, okay. Yeah, good one. The early contender for best name of the year. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it takes a lot to, to put me off the game when I'm saying a name but this is Darth <laughs> Fart Noise <laughs> my moment of the race was when Crofty decided to advertise the red button to go on board with the drivers by saying that Esteban Ocon will give you a great tour around <laughs> the pit lane since he had so many penalties today alright Darth Fart Noise out <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely juvenile, but I love it. It's, oh god. We don't give Crofty props all that often on this show. But zinger. fair play. That was a <laughs> that was a good line. Do you know though, on the flip side, and fair play to Crofty, that was a good line. Martin Brundle, I swear he called the Mercedes cars the Williams cars about three times in this Grand Prix. Like I, multiple times he was like, the Aston Martins are fighting the Williams right now. And I'm like, no, they're not, Martin. They're definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Uh, let's go to let's go to Tom Hanks next. Let's go to Woody. Howdy from the home of Haas here. Howdy, howdy, North howdy. Kakalaka, US of A. Uh, moment of the race had to be Magic Alonso on the team radio saying 60's the new 40. I mean, if this is the kind of content he's rolling out for GP1, we are in for one hell of a season, boys. Oh, yeah, he did a happy birthday message. Yeah. Did he just... That is brilliant. <laughs> 60 is a new 40. Hard for Mando. The only reason he's saying that is he's, he's going to be using that line in 20 years' time, isn't he? <laughs> when he's still there. Yeah. I said it 20 years ago and I still mean it now. Like, yeah, right, Fernando. Uh, James and Real Dad up next. The most wholesome content you'll ever get on the Late Breaking Podcast. This is Jim Jamel and Real Dad back for 2023 in full effect with our moment of the race. Our moment of the race is Fernando Alonso getting the podium. I mean, a spectacular drive. I love it. Fernando, you're back and LBs. This is going to be a great season. Over and out, James and Real Dad. Bye! <laughs> Oh, it's so wholesome. It's the one Cheers wholesome thing we do. And, and the beef impression at the end. Great. 
Uh, <laughs> let's go to let's go to Rye Guy. That time you heard from Rye Guy. Hey guys, it's Rye Guy. This is my moment of the race for Bahrain GP. My moment of the race is Checo and Alonso speaking Spanish in the cool down room, and Max is like. Yeah, an overtake. Like, not understanding a single word that they're saying. That's my moment of the race. Love you guys. Join the Patreon. Bye. You just can imagine Max walking, just going, see, sí. hola. <laughs> and that's as much as he knows. Just watching Dora the Explorer in the background. I mean, right, guy, I do need to go back to you as well, because um, we had a bet where he would get a tattoo um, that was decided by us if he lost in our NFL fantasy league, which he did. So I do need to go back to you on that. Oh, that's all right, guy. We have we have ideas. Yes. Uh, let's go to let's go to Joy. Sam, how dare you send me for a bag of chips? Same thing with you, Esteban. <laughs> I picked you for my fantasy, and you did everything possible to absolutely ruin it. I despise both of you. Good to go, nothing's changed. Also, Joy, thanks for bringing up fantasy. We have an F1 Fantasy League. The link's in the description and you can join it. We'll give an update on Wednesday's episode as to where we are after the first <laughs> week. Um, we promise to remember. For anyone looking through the leaderboard, my team is the Statman Squad. Harry's is the Onion Splitters. <laughs> <laughs> what was your Sam? We go backwards. Yeah, we go backwards um, is Sam's team. I, I don't want to spoil anything because we don't know the scores yet. But I've got a fairly good lineup, but there's one person in there who's absolutely done me dirty, and it's the man I've picked on all episode, bloody Esteban Ocon. I <laughs> traded him out about an hour before the time limit. God damn it, man. I'm feeling rather happy I went for his teammate. Um, <laughs> also, just to say, she did mention bag of chips in that. just realised I've asked the soundboard to do a heck of a lot today. Just don't ill hear Stop you. Talking. Oh, then we've, I purposely not mentioned it. All right, here's the real test. Matty Cox. Hey, guys. Um, first time submission, and I'm new to the Discord for this year. Um, so I thought I'd give you my moment at the race. It's got to be Fernando Alonso saying bye-bye as he passes Carlos Sainz over the team <laughs> radio. I mean, just the, the sheer nerve of the guy, but it was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely agree, and thank you for joining the Discord for the for the new season. Much appreciated, and great to have you on board. Uh, and that will oh, well, actually, we have had something in from Beef. We did hear from sure? her in the middle of the week. Do we need to hear from her again? Uh, I don't know. She was a criminal last time we heard from her. Maybe she can well, redeem she, herself. She, she might be in prison, so we better hear for you. <laughs> this might be live from prison. <laughs> Hello. Um- <laughs> update on my life um forgot to tax my car so that's no, still a criminal. anyway um moment of the race was <laughs> yes bye bye okay bye brilliant <laughs> thanks beef criminal beef lives on <laughs> and on that, that joyous note i think that'll do it for the first review episode of the year but despite there not being a race next week we'll be back midweek won't we sam of course, back midweek and back the Sunday after because you're getting two episodes every single week regardless of if there's a race <laughs> on. And if you join that Patreon, as we mentioned, you'll get an extra two. And if you're top tier, Hall of Fame tier, then you might just get a cheeky video of the three of us having a few beers and chatting life in Formula One as well. Many other perks on that Patreon as well. Do check them out, including ad-free podcasts. Um, 
Did you enjoy the race? We're back. We're back, baby, for the full season. Let us know your thoughts. Come and talk to us on social media at Breaking on Twitter or the Late Breaking F1 podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Or you can join the Discord uh, and you can chat to us all week long. Us and 1,600 odd other brilliant F1 fans all in there chatting F1 all things. We'd love to hear from you. Also, check out the merch store. If you're going to look hunkalicious for the year, you never know. Might be might be something that takes your fancy. But until that midweek period, thanks for joining us. I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. And I've been Harry Eads. And remember, keep breaking late. Yes! Bye-bye! <laughs> Believe in the plan. <laughs>